Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. The fact that he was the promised Messiah and that he came to do certain things for people. Would you just bow your heads and agree with me in prayer as we continue our message this morning, looking again at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Father, we thank you for the Messiah. We thank you for Jesus, our Savior. Right now, we turn our hearts and our minds and our spirits to you and to the Holy Spirit, and we ask that you would teach us, and we ask that you would speak to us, and we ask that you would increase our faith so that we would be a people with a heart that is open wide, that receives the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our Deliverer, as our Healer, as the one who was anointed and sent from heaven to bring deliverance and to bring freedom and to bring healing to each of our lives. Father, we thank you for speaking to us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it will be on the screen. Would you just join with me and let's read it together as a church family? Luke 4, 18, reading together, ready, read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. This is, in essence, the ministry of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, This is our ninth week in a series that we're calling Finding Freedom. And the title simply comes from some things that Jesus said in John chapter 8. You remember, he said, if you live in my teachings, you're my disciples indeed. You're my students. You're my followers, right? And then he said, and you shall know the truth and the truth, listen, that you know that you're beginning to live in, that you're beginning to apply to your life. The truth that you know will make you or set you free. And then he kind of puts the icing on the cake and he says, For whom the Son sets free is free unquestionably indeed. Amen? These are powerful words from Jesus. He's basically saying that he's come to bring freedom to every person. Freedom from the kingdom of darkness. Freedom from the rule and the reign of Satan. And freedom from the oppressing grip of sin. And Jesus wants people to experience freedom and life to the full. And it's important that we're talking about this because we all would agree that just because we are Christians that doesn't necessarily mean we're all experiencing freedom at the level that God wants us to. Amen? How many of you besides me can experience a little bit more freedom in Christ in your everyday living? So this is why we're going through this series. It's very, very relevant for you and for me 
as followers of Christ. Let me emphasize a couple of things in Luke 4.18 again. Look at this with me. Jesus says, God hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to set at liberty, or we could say, and to set free them that are bruised. Healing to those that are brokenhearted and healing and freedom to those people that are bruised. The title of today's message is simply this, Healing Broken Hearts and Wounded Emotions. Would you say it with me, church, all together? Healing Broken Hearts and Wounded Emotions. And here's our big truth for the morning. If you don't catch anything, catch this. Jesus still heals broken hearts and wounded emotions. Can somebody say amen, right? Jesus still heals broken hearts and wounded emotions. I love how it's confirmed in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. This is what the scripture says. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about, notice, doing good, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with Jesus. Can you see it here? Jesus wants to bring healing. Jesus wants to bring freedom. Jesus brought deliverance to people everywhere he went because God was with them. And the other side of the coin, unfortunately, is the devil is working against Jesus. The devil is bringing oppression. The devil is bringing slavery to people, sickness to people. He's binding people and doing his best to keep people, including the people of God, from experiencing healing and freedom at the level that God wants us to. Here's the first emphasis this morning in your workbooks. If you're taking notes, you can highlight it. It's this. Jesus heals broken hearts. Now, when we think of the word brokenhearted and the word broken specifically, it doesn't simply mean it's broken and it doesn't work anymore or it doesn't work at the same capacity that it used to. This word broken literally means to break in pieces, to crush, or to shatter. Suntribo is the Greek word, S-Y-N-T-R-I-B-O. To crush, to break in pieces, or to shatter. Has your heart ever been broken? There might be people here this morning. There might be people in your family today whose heart has been crushed, whose heart has been shattered. Well, the good news is this. We don't have to live the rest of our life with broken hearts. Amen. Jesus still heals broken hearts. It's important that we recognize that many times when a heart is broken, and we don't bring healing or receive healing from the Lord, a spirit of rejection can kind of uh, clamp onto us and it can take root in us and it, it can cause us to be entangled in all kinds of others' dark strongholds in our lives that keep us from living free. Uh, let me explain in a very practical way. Um, we're all susceptible to having our hearts broken. Wouldn't you agree, family? Um, 
And in some ways, some of us are a little more susceptible to having our hearts broken than others. For example, one of the ways that I would consider myself to be a little more susceptible to brokenheartedness than you might be is as a pastor, I engage with all kinds of people and all kinds of different levels for sometimes many years at a time. And recently, my heart was broken. Recently, I felt very rejected. I felt very shattered. There's a young man, part of our family, that I've come to know over the last five years. I I believed that I was more than just a pastor to him. I believed I was his friend. In some ways, maybe like an older brother, and maybe even in some ways like a spiritual father. Walked through hard times in life with him. Walked through deaths in the family with him. Walked through different seasons in life of victory, different seasons of life of sorrow, of financial setback. And I thought we were in pretty good connected hearts and spirits. And then one day, out of the blue, he just decided not to return any of my text messages. He decided not to return any of my voicemails. It got back to me that he didn't want to talk to me. That he didn't want to come back to church anymore. I searched my heart. I didn't do anything. He just made a decision to go in a different direction. He just made a decision to take a different path. And when that happened, I was just beside myself. I kept asking myself, what did I do wrong? Where did I miss it? I, I, I thought I knew him better than that. I, I thought we were in, I thought we were in, in, in good relationship. I, I, I was shocked. I was surprised I was I was heartbroken and I would go to the Lord and I'd ask him what happened what did I do have you ever had that happen before maybe in a relationship with a friend or in a relationship with a spouse or 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 you lost something that was really dear to you and it just left you wondering and it left you broken. And I can remember for weeks, maybe even a couple of months, it was constantly on my heart and constantly on my mind like every day and I felt this heaviness. I just felt the weight of that relationship not being there anymore. And I really believe my heart was broken. I felt like my heart was crushed. I I felt betrayed. I felt rejected. But I know some things now after walking with the Lord for 27 years that if I didn't bring that feeling of rejection and that feeling of brokenheartedness to the Lord, that it was very, very likely that that could develop some roots of bitterness and some other strongholds, some other dark demonic grips could begin to find their way into my life. It's important that we understand that Jesus heals broken hearts. I want to share with you just quickly seven strongholds that come from a root of rejection that can come from having a broken heart. And I'm not going to go in depth, but I'm going to just list them and then I'll just touch on them real quickly. Anger, insecurity, pride, independence, easily offended, extreme shyness. And I'll explain. And the last stronghold that I would list here 
is control and or manipulation. And let me, let me just talk a little bit about anger. People that have outbursts of anger could sometimes actually suffer from a spirit of rejection, of feeling alienated or rejection, having had their heart broken at some point in life. And because they've never dealt with that and never brought it to the Lord for healing in a healthy way, the enemy gets a stronghold in there. And now you see people living with just this spirit of anger that comes over them. And I'm speaking from experience. I was a fat kid. Um, I wore glasses. Uh, I wasn't really popular. I was kind of picked on in, in elementary school and middle school. Growing up as a child, I felt very rejected. I don't know if any of you all beautiful people can uh, uh, relate with that, but I felt very rejected at times. And that carried on into my young adulthood, and it carried on even into my um, early years of marriage. When I thought Yolanda would say something or do something, and I felt rejected. Did you ever see the Incredible Hulk? Anybody ever see the Incredible Hulk before? With Bill Bixby, uh, David Banner, and, and you know, he'd say, you, you don't want to see me when I get angry, right? And he'd turn into this other creature, right? I, I didn't have the muscles, but, but the anger, uncontrollable. And sometimes that comes from a spirit of rejection, and it produces a stronghold of anger. It's not normal, to get that way, by the way, folks. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Listen, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So sometimes people that have this rejection going out on the inside, they get uncontrollably anger that comes out of them because that's how they deal with rejection, and that's the memory that's in their subconscious. Second, insecurity. Sometimes people get a stronghold of insecurity that comes from rejection or having a broken heart, uh, constantly needing attention or constantly needing to be recognized or complimented. When they come into a group setting, they want to be noticed. They want the best seat. They're always looking for some sort of validation. I mean, it's a need and that's not always healthy, folks. So it's something to be uh, concerned about if that's something that's going on in our lives. The third one is pride. Sometimes people can have a stronghold, a grip from the enemy in the area of pride. They want to look like they have it all together all the time. They know all the answers. They want to be the first one to speak up. They want to be the first one to share the insight, the wisdom, because they know that they know that they know. And they want to make themselves look better over everybody else. That's pride. And sometimes pride is rooted from a spirit of rejection that comes from a broken heart. Another one is independence. You might know people like this. These people act like they don't need anyone. They're hard to develop relationships with. These people won't listen to any good godly counsel. They got to do it their way. Their way is right. Their way is the only way. Uh, and that's it. I can do it all on my own. And that's a way to kind of protect themselves so that while doing it with other people, they don't have to feel brokenhearted or rejected again. And sometimes... That's rooted in the enemy's grip of holding on to people, and it causes this unhealthy emotion in people's lives. Another one is easily offended. 
there are some people that have been so hurt and so rejected. Now, they are so easily offended. You have to be very careful about how you talk to them because they take personally everything you say. You have to be careful about joking with them or how you joke with them. It's like walking on eggshells around some of these people. They're so brokenhearted. They've been so rejected that now... Everything that's said and everything that's done, they take very personal. It's almost like a personal attack and they get offended and they carry that and they harbor that offense for years or sometimes a lifetime. And some of these people are Christians. Just want to remind us, Jesus still heals brokenheartedness. And we don't have to allow those things to take root in our heart. Another one is excessive shyness that could lead to loneliness. Excessive shyness. I'm not talking about a personality thing. It could be more than that. Afraid to be around people because they might get rejected again. And so instead of being around people, they'd rather just be by themselves. Instead of risk being around people and risk being rejected again. They're afraid to engage. I'm not saying that there aren't different personality traits, but sometimes if it goes a little deeper than that, We need to bring that to the Holy Spirit and ask him because sometimes that could be spiritual and there could be roots there that are unhealthy. The last one is control and manipulation. Sometimes people that have experienced brokenheartedness uh, and, and suffer from a spirit of rejection, they have to control and manipulate. They have to control people around them so that they can avoid the possibility of being rejected again. These people would tend to interrupt you a lot, especially if you're trying to confront them about something in their life, a situation, a circumstance, an attitude, a way of living. Because they've suffered from that, they just want to control, they want to manipulate. Sometimes people will go as far as to try to get fake pity going. They'll cry in a moment out of nowhere because they're trying to manipulate you and control you so that you don't confront them in a loving way to get them to maybe adjust. I'm not saying sometimes crying isn't necessary. I'm saying sometimes we have to be careful that people aren't trying to manipulate us or we're not the ones with this deep-seated, unhealthy emotion that's not from God. And because we're trying to protect ourselves, we got to control everything and everybody around us. Jesus still heals broken hearts. And sometimes when we have a broken heart, it manifests in all of these other ways. And until we bring it to the healer, we're trapped. But whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. The next main emphasis for this morning's teaching is real simple. Jesus heals emotional bruises. Jesus heals emotional bruises bruises. Luke 4.18, the back half, notice what it says again. It says that part of his ministry is to set at liberty them that are bruised. Set at liberty means to, to bring freedom to somebody. That means this text is saying someone that's got a deep emotional bruise that hasn't healed isn't experiencing freedom at the level that God wants them to. He's come to set people free that are Bruised. Now, this word bruised is interesting. It literally means to strike all the way through. And you know what a bruise looks like because you can see it on the surface. It's discolored. It's injured. It's got blood that's come to the top and you can see it. But we also know that goes deeper than what we see on the surface 
A bruise is something that's been struck all the way through, and it's deeper beyond what you could see on the skin. And sometimes in our souls, in our emotions, in our minds, in our spirits, we've suffered bruising from relationships, from heartbreak, from expectations that didn't happen, from family members that have gone on, from marriages that didn't work, from careers that went sideways. And we get injured and we get bruised and we don't bring that to the Lord and we try to live as people of God should be living free. But deep down on the inside, there's something that's wrong. Jesus heals emotional bruises. I love what Isaiah said in Isaiah 42, 3 about Jesus. Listen, it's a little bit of an obscure verse, but I'll try to explain it. It says, a bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. That's a prophetic text about Jesus, and then it's it's referenced in Matthew, same text, pulling from Isaiah. A reed was a tall, thin, grass-like plant that grew along marsh and along the rivers in Israel. There was all over them, all over the place. So a a reed could get bruised like like a break in the limb. And he's saying a bruised reed, he will not break. And a bruised reed is symbolic of people that are bruised in their life. And it's saying that part of the ministry of Jesus would be to come and bring life back to that bruise in somebody's life, to bring healing back to that area. Maybe it's a church hurt. Maybe you got hurt from a pastor. Maybe you got hurt from a friend who was supposed to be a Christian brother or sister. People get hurt in churches. Amen, church? And, and Jesus, Jesus wants to bring healing to those bruises. And then he says, a smoking flax he would not quench. How many of y'all have a smoking flax in your house? Anybody got one? Uh, some of the more contemporary versions would say a candle. And in, in that day, they would burn uh, lamps with a little wick that was supplied a fire or a flame by oil. And he's saying, listen, the oil in a person's life that is just kind of flickering like a flame that's going to go out. Jesus comes to replenish. Jesus comes to breathe new life. Jesus comes to bring fresh oil from the Holy Spirit to bring healing to the bruised areas of people's lives. Jesus still heals bruises. One of the strongholds, listen, one of the grips that the enemy can put on our life from just living with bruises emotionally is a stronghold of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. In Matthew chapter 18, Peter comes to Jesus and says, Hey, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive a brother who sins against me? And he puts his number on it. And Jesus basically says, Listen, Peter, you got it all wrong. You need to live with a heart that's just limitless when it comes to forgiving other people. Easier said than done. Amen, church? So Jesus tells this story. A parable. And he tells a story about a certain man who owes a debt like millions of dollars in today's currency. He goes to his boss that he owes a debt to. He begs his boss to forgive him the debt. And his boss forgives him the debt. That's a picture of our salvation because God forgave us a debt of sin that Jesus paid on our behalf and he forgave it, right? And then this person who's been forgiven, Jesus says, now he goes out and he found someone that owed him like 50 bucks in comparison to what he was released from in his debt. And the guy that owed him 50 bucks, he couldn't pay it. 
And that sucker put him in jail because he couldn't pay his $50 debt. And so some of his friends found out, and they went and they told the master, and we pick it up in Matthew 18, 32 through 35. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I have had pity on you? And his master was angry. Listen, listen. And delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Now verse 35, this gets personal. Jesus is speaking. So my heavenly Father also will do to you. If each of you, from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Somebody say, yikes. Well, why would God do that? Why, why would God deliver one of his children, who's been forgiven, over to the torturers? What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, I want you to think about the Old Testament times for just a second. When Israel would reject God, God would allow the enemy to attack them, and to win. In a sense, he'd kind of like, okay, I'm stepping off. I'm delivering you to your enemies. Why would God do that? God did that so that they would recognize how desperate they were for God, and they would have a heart to turn back to God. So when people don't forgive, we open ourselves up to a tormenting spirit And we open ourselves up to living a miserable life. That's tormenting. And the problem is this, church. People can't be healed and delivered from torment like that until they repent, turn back to God, and willing to receive forgiveness just like they received forgiveness. Amen. Does that make sense? James 4.7 says this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Have you ever known someone who's held unforgiveness for a really, really long time? You're like, yeah. Don't look at them if they're in here. Okay? But you probably know someone. I have family members who are holding and harboring unforgiveness, and I know them. And they're miserable. Tormenting. And yet we're over here, Lord, I love you. Thank you for Jesus. I worship you. That's kind of inconsistent. It's very unhealthy. And it's demonic. Freely we have received, therefore freely we should give. Right? James 4, 7 says, when we submit to God, we come under his rule. We come under his care. We come under his healing. When that happens first, then we have the ability to resist the devil. Then the devil flees. See, I'm going to just be honest. I just want step three. I just want the devil to flee. I don't necessarily need to have to resist him. And I certainly don't like having to come under the submission of God. At times. Because sometimes I just want to do it my way. But that's not how it works. If we want to experience freedom from this torment of unforgiveness, we first have to be willing to forgive. 
Jesus still heals bruises. And one of the bruises that we get, if they're relational, can bring a bondage, a yoke, an enslaving to a spirit of unforgiveness. So Pastor Robert, how do I receive healing if I have a broken heart or if I have bruised emotions? Well, we're getting ready to close now. And I'm going to pray for you for that to happen. We're going to pray and we're going to come into agreement and we're going to resist the devil and we're going to receive by faith healing for broken hearts and healing for bruising in our lives. I believe that we could receive healing today. I also believe that sometimes this healing that takes place is progressive and it takes place as we're meeting with the Lord, the one who heals and restores and redeems and replenishes the life that we need. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite verses, um, I don't think it'll be on the screen, but you might want to make a note of it. It's in 3 John. Not the Gospel of John, but in the letters. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. 3 John chapter 2. It's a short, short, short little book. Excuse me. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. This is what the Apostle John writes. Listen to this. So powerful. Starting in verse 2, 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now listen. He's praying that we would be healthy, holistically, spirit, soul, and body. And he wants us to prosper. Prosper means to have success in our journey in living. He wants that for us. It's biblical. Notice though, he says, in accordance to the prosperity of your soul, your mind, your emotions, your inner person, your will. The healthy we are in our soul, the healthy we are in our emotions, in our spirit, in our relationships, in our life's journey. Look at verse 3. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and told me of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. Sounds a lot like Jesus. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So we're going to pray for healing. Go ahead and stand up. We're going to pray for that right now. And we're going to believe God to bring healing and restoration to brokenheartedness, to bruising in our emotions and bruising in our souls so that we can be free and experience freedom from Christ. Would you just bow your heads with me as we close in prayer? Father, we thank you for the ministry of Jesus. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Father, I pray right now for every single person under the sound of my voice. I pray 
that you would, by the power of the Holy Spirit, bring healing and restoration to brokenheartedness and emotional bruising. Father, relationships that have gone awry, dreams that didn't work out, hopes that didn't come to pass, circumstances, difficulties, valleys in life. Lord God, we believe that you are a very present help in times of trouble. So we come to you this morning and we lay down our brokenheartedness. We lay down our bruised emotions to the Lord Jesus Christ and we receive healing. We receive restoration. We receive health. Father, we thank you that you're strengthening our inner person. We thank you that you're renewing our minds. You're reminding us of your steadfast love. You're reminding us of the power of the Holy Spirit. You're reminding us that you're for us and you're not against us. You're reminding us that you've given us life to the full. Father, we thank you for the healing ministry of the word of truth. We thank you for the healing ministry of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the healing ministry of the family of Christ. Lord, help us to love one another, to strengthen one another, to pray for one another, to encourage one another. Lord, even help us to be vulnerable with one another so that we can receive the healing that we need from you. Now, devil... We take authority over you. The word says, submit to God, and we resist you, and you have to flee. So we take authority over you in accordance with the word of the living God. We bind you up. We rebuke you. We resist you. We command you to remove your grips from our lives, from our hearts, from our emotions. We declare that you're a liar. We refute you. We resist you. You must flee. We take authority over you. And we receive fresh and anew the power and the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God. Father, we thank you that you love us, that your favor is on us, that you smile over us, and that you walk with us. We bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Man. Well, did you receive something from that message, church? I hope that you did. I feel better. I'm receiving healing. Uh, God is faithful to us. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.